Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Will. That's Blake. And today, here today we're here to talk about some Loki season dose. Dua. That's right. Some what was the last thing? Uh, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> said dose kind of on a whim, so I was like, I need yeah. one more, and then I was like starting to say the French too, but then it transformed into that. Yeah, Thanks you, were, for you were feeling it. it. <laughs> you were feeling it. You went for it, and I I applaud you for it. You know, <laughs> but let's just keep the trend going of as awkward intros as possible. Yeah. <laughs> also, I for our listeners, I've been very sick, and it's been hard to talk. And today's like the first day I felt like I can talk without like having no voice. So I I did I did not like smoke three packs of cigarettes sure. since our last video. I just. <laughs> Not any more than usual, um, but I'm like extra, you know, whatever I sound like today. So, yeah. And I, I've also like last night in the middle of the night, I started getting like the worst cold, which I think I felt better today. So, I mean, I might not even sound different, but in case you hear me sniffing or stuff, apologies. <laughs> You're trying to one up my sickness, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, thank you guys for tuning in to our episode today. If you're a first-time watcher of the channel, we'd love to talk about some of the fun stuff that we're watching on a week-to-week basis and like break it down. And Loki is our uh, tried-and-true first piece of content we ever did on the channel with Loki Season 1. Uh, so Will and I are very excited to be talking about Season 2. Uh, I'll go ahead and plug a couple other things that we do on the channel. We do a lot of D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, as well as specifically Critical Role. Uh, so if you like tabletop stories, adventures, uh, I'd say definitely check that stuff out as well. And then lastly, we have an amazing discord uh, with some really incredible people in it. Um, if you like having a place to talk and chat with people about these shows, uh, you can j definitely check out the discord. It's open to literally anyone of any background of any casual or more earnest watchers of these kinds of shows <laughs> everybody's welcome uh so feel free to check that out too absolutely and um we uh well i was about to launch into something but i don't know maybe maybe low-key people don't care but worlds beyond number just came back and uh have you have listened, you listened to, it to it i've i've listened to most of it i haven't yet i haven't yet okay it's very good Ooh. here's here's what i will say as a little tease um the audio production, like season one, season one, you know, here. Yeah. yeah. Just like off the bat, it's here. Ooh. It's it's very good. Taylor Moore um, feels like he took the break to really flex some creative muscles. And um, it's a very, very good welcome back episode. How long is it? Two hours. Okay. All right. Well, so, yeah, I'm excited. And um our Loki audience, maybe not the people to be preaching to, but I'm going to say it again, like I often do in our podcasts. If you're not already checking that show out, you need to, especially if you're fans of like Blake and I, like I therefore think you, we have similar tastes, so you'll love it. Like, especially you Critical Role and Dimension 20 people, like if you're not watching it, I just don't even understand why. So yeah, you can definitely get check it out. Yeah, you can unsubscribe and never come back. <laughs> Okay, well, um, um, yeah. anything else you want to, any other announcements? 
Um, again, don't know if this is this the audience crossover here, but um, the Critical Role live show, uh, it's Wednesday as Blake and I are recording this. The Critical Role live show is happening right now over in London, and it will be streamed for the rest of us uh, tomorrow night at normal Critical Role time. And as always, we'll be having a watch party, and that will be taking place in the Discord, like Blake mentioned. So come hang out. And also another quick announcement. Um, we're I think we're just going to keep announcing this until we just stop doing it. But <laughs> we just finished up our calamity rewatch on uh, in our Discord, our watch parties on Sunday evenings, and I think we're going to continue doing that with just who knows what it's going to be. But I, yeah, I'm going to say for the most part, if you watch this video two years from now and like the channel has dissolved into nothing, <laughs> we probably won't be doing it. But um, tentatively around. 7 30 central time um we are going to try to going forward have some kind of watch party for a one shot maybe even like we're we and Will were throwing out like christmas movie night <laughs> uh, for the holiday season coming up so um you know you can drop your favorite christmas movie in the comments and we shall consider it for the watch party <laughs> <laughs> yeah 100 percent. so yeah the watch parties have been really fun so it's one of, something we want to keep doing um for sure yeah all right. Do we have well, any other uh, announcements? I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, in that case, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Loki episode three. I actually don't know the episode title. Do you happen to know? Um, I did. Um, I don't. While you're looking uh, it up, I'll give a quick, super quick, really, really, really quick recap of the episode, and it essentially follows Loki and Mobius. Um, trying to figure out what Renslayer has been up to. Cause I got the ping on her time pad about where she might be. <clears throat> so they go to old timey Chicago and uh, where Renslayer has gone to drop off a TBA handbook to a young Victor timely, which oh. creates a branch timeline. And then we find ourselves in that timeline with an adult Victor timely who has had the TVA book his whole life. Um, basically kind of being a con man. We'll, you know, discuss more of this when we get to our discussion, <clears throat> um, but as they're investigating this, they found Victor Timely. They found Renslayer. Um, Sylvie shows up to kill Victor Timely because she's still on her warpath. You know, she wants to kill all of the Kang variants, essentially. Um, there's a bit of a kerfuffle. Um, she ultimately does not kill him because at first Loki prevents her from doing it. But then she has like a crisis of conscience, if you will. Again, we'll discuss more. Uh, but she ultimately does not kill him. And um, essentially, Victor and Mobius and um, Loki go back to the TVA. And the only other little minor plot thread that I didn't cover in there was um, this kind of weird tri love triangle between Miss Minutes, Renslayer, and Victor Timely, where Miss Minutes is kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a great recap, by the way. Uh, very quick and done done well. Um, yeah, so that was episode three. It was called 1893, 1892. It's, it's old timey. Okay. Like you said, I'm probably just whatever year that they were in. Okay. Yeah. 1893 is the name of the episode. So, okay. uh, let's get into it. Um, I thought this episode, uh, so again, if you haven't seen like our previous discussions, Loki season one, I think is like the perfect from start to finish um, season of like what you want to kind of watch. It has, it had so many elements of what you want in a good show. Um, and I felt the same way about WandaVision. Mm -hmm. um, season two has been a little strange for me. I liked episode one a lot. Episode two was a little weird and that it felt like some scenes were missing. It was just kind of, it was an odd episode, honestly. Yeah. Odd paced. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Still great acting, though. Um, but episode three felt a lot more like episode one, where I was kind of like, okay, yeah, we're we're back to, you know, kind of what um, I liked about Loki. Um, so overall, I really liked this episode. Uh, curious what you thought about it. Yeah, I liked it as well. Um, <clears throat> it was, and I don't mean this in like a negative way, um, but it was very goofy. Yes, yes. That was one thing I was thinking too. Season one had a, um, heaviness isn't the right word, but kind of like a um, sternness to it. That was like, it was kind of like a, myst- a mystery to it. This one was like definitely more of like a wacky episode. Yeah. And I was like, we're kind of getting away from the, the feel of the show a little bit. Agreed. And um, I guess I didn't mean it in a negative way, but what I will say is if there's not like a deeper kind of thematic reason for it, then it is going to be in a negative way for me. But I'm willing to yeah. give the benefit of the doubt right now because I, and not that they're doing this, but I can at least see a way where that's like all playing into kind of like the wolf in sheep's clothing almost of, of Victor timely of Kang. Um, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> kind of like a, a, a lulled into like a false sense of security type of vibe, which I actually really like that if that is what's happening. Um, but it's kind of too early to say. Mm. So for, you're, for my you're saying now this has been a very smart show. Um, there's been some really smart things done with it. Yeah. You're saying that they've intentionally made it goofy to sort of soften the um, danger, potential danger that is associated with Kang or more specifically, Victor timely specifically. Yeah. And not necessarily like those elements are specifically like the wool and like the, the kind of play that's happening, but just that concept is what's happening. So like, it might not be because Victor timely is like, you know, the most baddest dude on the planet necessarily, but just like, that's like the, narrative element that's being used here is kind of like a misdirect almost. And we know also Victor timely is one of the variants from the comic books. Um, yes, but he's like way different. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know much more about what actually tracked with the episode. So Um, I'm no expert either. So this is all like very surface level stuff. I don't know if we have any comic experts, you know, in the, in the community here, but please correct me. Um, or just enlighten us further. But I do know that um, in the comics, Kang like at one point decides to like go back in time and kind of like do stuff back in time and like uses the alias Victor timely. And it's like a Kang with his full knowledge, like of master of time, who's like already an adult going back in time and like being Victor timely, not like a kid that's named Victor timely that grows up. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So. <clears throat> well, we know also the the show producers have taken inspiration for, like I think of Sylvie, for example. Sylvie, I think we talked about, was a blend of uh, one mm. character. And I think there was another direction they could have gone. And yeah. they basically took inspiration from these two ideas and created Sylvie. Uh, right. But Sylvie, as we know her, does not exist in the comics. Uh, so it would make sense that they sort of took inspiration from the idea of Victor Timely to create this version we have now. Um, the question I wonder is, and I've seen some people talking about this on Reddit is, is this going to be the Kang, um, 
like the evil Kang that we come to, I guess, come to encounter and engage with, um, which maybe that's a silly question because I didn't see Ant-Man, Quantum, Na- Quantum Mania. I know there's a Kang in that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess uh, maybe it's hard to have this conversation without spoiling anything from that film. But um, I've seen it. I don't think, like there's nothing in it that would like confirm or deny that. Yeah, okay. So getting back to what I was trying to say then, some of the discussion I've seen has been people saying, hey, because of the history of who Victor Timely was in the comics, is it being implied that this is actually like the deadliest version of Kang that we've yet to encounter? Um, Which, I don't know. Um, And also not sure how this then also plays into He Who Remains and... Miss Minutes being involved with that and like bringing the TVA book to him. There's a lot of unanswered questions for sure. Yeah. It is. It's time travel. So it's just inherently confusing, but this is where it gets confusing. So I don't think I was just talking about like the wolf in sheep's clothing, which I do kind of, if Victor timely isn't he who remains and isn't that bad, bad Kang, I still think he's a wolf in sheep's clothing insofar as he's a con man. And, you know, you know, even if he's not that Kang, he could still kind of be bad if we could put it that way. But I don't think he is. He who remains or Kang because, well, okay. So Victor timely, the kid was in the sacred timeline, meaning like that was always part of everything. But once he gets the book, they travel to a branch So him getting that book creates a new non-sacred timeline timeline where this guy, Victor Timely, has access to this information. And what what Kang told us, which if that was always the Kang or whatever, you would think that would still be the sacred timeline, but it's not. And also, and again, timelines. Oh, okay, Yeah. You know, like it wouldn't have branched like that. Just would have been who remains. You mean. Right. Right. If if Victor Timely was. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we need a whiteboard for people. Yeah, we do. Like, we definitely do. I, I'm with you, but I'm as we're saying it, I'm like, this is like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Time is a weird soup. You for know, sure. it's like, where are we going with this? <laughs> Which I thought it was funny. Um, the the um the vending machine in the TVA from I think episode one has soup as one of the options. So you yeah, said time is a weird soup, maybe think yeah, about it. Okay, but so created the branch, um, but also, and of course, there's a caveat of who knows if Kang was lying in season one, but in season one, he is like revealing his backstory to the Lokis, and he talks about in the 31st century, how he discovered the time rifts and like all the, all the Kangs across the universe discovered the time rifts. So like, that's the origin as we're told of like the super brilliant Nathaniel Richards in the future doing these things not victor timely in 1890 chicago getting a book you know so it doesn't make sense it if that information is true then victor timely can't be kang so this is like some sort of contingency you know maybe victor timely has a is one of the dominoes that eventually leads to that later in time or something um but yeah i so i don't think it's he who remains, but I do think that he still could be like up to no good is like a really dumb way of putting it. But I also think it could be that he's just 
wrong place, wrong time. Like this is a branched timeline. So like, what was that kid originally going to do? You know, maybe he is just kind of trying to make the best of what he's got. And I don't know. I don't really know how to parse it. Yeah. And we only have three episodes to wrap the story up also. And I think I read, I, this could be incorrect. I think I read that they said this would end this story arc, but when they were asked about season three, they said, Hey, we have a lot of other stories with Loki. We'd like to tell, mm. but not sure if we'll be able to. Interesting. Um, well, so, at least that's, they've got ideas. I like that at least. Right. So it's not going to be like, let's try to think of something now that we can make more money. So yeah. Season five, another Kang. Variant. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Dr. Who. <laughs> Um, so the other thing I'm interested in is the show has not felt really as smart. The acting's still been great. Some of the dialogue has been really great, but like, yeah, the smartness of the show, like, here's a good example, them, them bringing, um, well, there's two examples. One of them is like, kind of like the forced, um, I feel like Lost kind of did this too like the forced jargon about stuff to imply like the seriousness around things. And like when you, when you look, when you think about it, just words on a page, you're kind of like, what? It's like, yeah, the temporal artery, uh, artery, um, aura. And, and there's all these things being thrown around, but none of these things are ever explained. They're just implied. And, and we get it. You can follow with it, but also like it, it kind of gets clunky after a while when there's so many, things getting looped in compared to season one where there was so much mystery around the TVA and like, you're kind of getting breadcrumbs of how yeah. things are operating and you're seeing the trial and then, you know, person's found guilty and you're like, okay, wow. And you see someone getting uh, disintegrated in that first episode. So there's a lot of mystery. Yeah. Uh, this one, the, the mystery is kind of missing for me, but the other thing with that too, of like, and I don't think it being as smart is, them just bringing this Kang into the TVA, just like, yeah, man, come on in. Like he's had the guidebook for, you know, his whole life. Yeah. Loki's never read it. I don't know <laughs> how well Mobius knows it. Like what's keeping this dude from just coming in and like, all right, guys, I got it from here. And just like, you know, yeah. deactivates all, I don't know what, but I don't know. Like the, like, I think it's my nerves when things like this happen where I'm like, like, shouldn't there be like some security around this guy? And maybe there will be. We always always him walking <laughs> through a door, but yeah, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I agree with at least the short sightedness of that part of it. I mean, I don't know what else they would do, you know, but it does seem like, okay, well, this seems like it's, you know, going exactly to he who remains his plan. Like you're putting one of his variants in the TVA, but yeah, I don't know. I I mean, surely there's, I would hope in the next episode there he doesn't just have like free reign around and they're like, you know, I don't know what it might entail for keeping an eye on him or keeping him handcuffed or something. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I will say that I agree with the, the, the mystery aspect you were talking about in season one. Um, but it is just hard, not, not that it can't be done, but I do know that like, and I of course can't think of any examples off like the top of my head, but I feel like that's like a recurring thing with like really cool world building. It's like the first season when like, you know, nothing and it's all new and you're like slowly discovering yeah. it is really hard to replicate like 
that same feeling in the subsequent seasons, you know, cause it's like, yeah, well, right. part of this was so fun because we were getting to uncover this mystery. Um, so I don't necessarily slight them for that. Um, but I do agree that it is, I, that made it so much better in season one and there's less of that now. Um, but there yeah, are still some elements of it, like with the pie true. room and like what's going on with OB, yeah. like those are some of the most interesting things to yeah. me this season. So true. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and I guess if there is always building mystery upon mystery, uh, you do get a show like lost, which I love lost, Yeah, but you know, it, as lost was ending, we were like, there's like 50,000 questions. Like <laughs> I'm so excited to hear all these things get answered. And it was like, Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I get that. Um, some really like <laughs> speaking of mystery, some really interesting discussions. Uh, Miss Minutes, she crazy. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, what yeah. is going on with this lady? Yeah. So she's clearly in love with he who remains. Right. right. I I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what's going on there because I don't buy, and maybe this is random for me to not buy this, but I don't buy her backstory i think that she believes that but i feel like that's not true that she was just an ai that he played chess with like i almost feel like maybe her memory was wiped and like replaced with with that backstory for her to believe um i don't know i don't know maybe it is but like maybe there's not more under the surface there and that she's ai that fell in love with them and now she's kind of gone lovesick um yeah, Joy was like, I could have gone without that whole part. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so disturbing. Um, yeah, it was weird. And so, yeah, like, could it be a Renslayer variant consciousness that he, like, you know, because yeah, I read something like that. That's an interesting theory for sure. Just because, like, the audio, rec- not, not that these things are directly connected, but like from the audio recording, we know that, like, I can't do this without you. You're going to be at my side. And Miss Minutes is the only one at his side you know, at the end of time or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I don't want to like jump away from Miss Minutes, but kind of on that track, the whole, she knows every, like she knows all his secrets and there's one about Renslayer that she knows. Pretty interesting. Yeah. And would it be that something about Renslayer is like having been, you know, a ported variant into AI or, I mean, I guess it wouldn't really make sense for her, the AI, being like, hey, you became an AI, but I don't know where they are. You know, yeah. it'd be a bit confusing, but I'm very curious what the big secret is around Renslayer. I feel like it's... <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> I we know, like I just said, the recording, like, I couldn't have done this without you. You'll always be by my side, um, which is the same kind of lies she's being fed now to, like, help this all happen. So like, maybe she does think like, it's not going to be Kang's up top. I'm doing the dirty work. It's like the King and queen are up top. And it's like, maybe that's like the ultimate thing she believes. And maybe even is the case for a while, but then Kang like memory wipes her and makes her a subordinate. And like, maybe that's what she forgot. Like she at once was like, it was once the two of them, they who remain um, or something. I don't know. Um, But I feel like it has to be not if not exactly that uh something like that where she was way more had made more of a presence maybe more power and he like stripped her memory of that and stripped her 
station of that or something. I was also a little confused about the relationship between um, Renslayer and Miss Minutes. And like, I-, I couldn't tell if it was an authentic like lover squabble or if it was like, uh, like they were intentionally like trying to get him like to his lab and like, because like once they ended up back in the end of time, it was kind of like, yeah, well, we're here. And, um, and they were kind of not commiserating, but I think Miss Minutes was like, you know, how silly of him to think he could keep his secrets from me or something. Yeah. Like I, I had a trouble like pacing or parsing the intentionality of what was actually happening versus what we were seeing happening mm-hmm. in the sense of how much of this is like part of a greater narrative that like who's playing who, I guess um beyond and beyond what we just saw uh essentially so right yeah i, I, I kind of on that or I, I felt that too kind of the like they were kind of like at odds like she kind of betrayed renslayer in the earlier scene and then now it's like now it was like well 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 we're kind of stuck here together so i guess let's kind of be buddy buddy sort of at least from miss minutes side um <clears throat> well and there was when they were on the boat miss minutes was looking very jealous but then yeah. there's the there's the camera angle where it's on Kang and Miss Minutes moves over to out of his line of view and you see her smiling like as they're having the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's a different emotion. So. So I, I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, because on one hand, we could like dissect what we're seeing, but then given the nature of this show, it could be that Miss Minutes has this whole secret plan that she's enacting and like, you know the things she does aren't necessarily what they seem to be on surface level because she's setting right. up the dominoes as it were. So yeah, I don't, right. I don't really know for my money right now. I, I feel like it is just kind of this weird jealousy thing, but um, which could play into the fact if she is like Renslayer's consciousness and Renslayer ends up loving Kang and, but Miss Minutes doesn't know that she's Renslayer and thinks she's an AI. Like it, mm-hmm. I could see the jealousy being there, you know, like, Right. Like I'm not real or else he would love me type of thing. So like, I hate you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, but, uh, I'm whether miss minutes, I mean, clearly miss minutes is an orchestrator of a plan. We just don't know like how many levels deep it goes, I guess. Um, but clearly he who remains trusted her unless she's lying. And this is all of her own volition which is something I didn't think of until right now, but what didn't, or what's I'm trying to parse is that at the end of season one, the whole thing was Kang being like, I've set everything up for this moment for the three of us. Yeah. And you're going to have a decision. And I don't know what happens from here. Like the whole big, the whole big show of like, that's the moment, like from here on out, I don't know what happens for the first time in millennia or whatever it was like, am I going to die or blah, blah, blah. But then there's supposedly this whole plan that Miss that Miss Minutes was to enact with the TVA book and getting it to Victor Timely and stuff. So, like, if that's the case, then he did know what was going to happen because he planned for it, <laughs> you know? So yeah. either, like, he was lying and, and he always knew Sylvie was going to kill him, but, like, that conversation was part of the manipulation. Or he earnestly didn't know what decision would be made, but made contingencies just in case he was killed. Mm -hmm. Well, and then 
even aside from that, it the his palace, like his place is called the end of time. But is even that a lie? Like I like it's a play, it's the end of all things. It's the end of time. And yet at the end of this episode, Miss Minutes and Renslayer come back there and his body is decomposing. Um, like True. there has been more time since he died. True. So I almost kind of wonder if if since he is the one who remains, if the end of time is his name for it, because that is the end of his time, the end of the time mm. that he can see. Uh, but there's actually, you know, maybe time is infinite, like the the universes continue to, you know, create new timelines and continues to, you know, for eternity. I don't know. Yeah. But but you're right there. There he clearly had something in mind for what happens next. Um, unless like you said it, what you said is true in this minutes, you know, maybe there was bitterness and, you know, Kang never gave me a body. And so actually I'm going to tell Red Slayer, this is what he who remains wants, but it's actually for myself. Um, yeah. Or, like, kind of she's so in love with him that she doesn't accept the fact that he was willing to just die and let it go. Like she's trying to get him back, yeah. you know? Right. Um, like I said, I just kind of had that string of thoughts, so I don't really know how I feel about it. <clears throat> um, like, but because it does, because it ultimately would make sense if that was just all manipulation from Kang, you know, right? Like that he he did know what was going to happen. He did know he was going to die, and he just said all that to help set up him returning to power. You know, the loop. Like maybe he understood that. Like, yeah, I do have to die at some point, but at least I can always guarantee it starts back up or something um which speaking well, of why, loops but, or go ahead well, I was just saying, but even with that why does he have to die like why can't if the whole point is to get him back to where he was originally why go through all the effort why not just like you know have a a, a vat of acid wherever sylvie and loki are gonna pour it into <laughs> you know and just oh there we go we're good like i don't surely this is like he defeated every other king Surely he could defeat Sylvie, right? But he didn't even fight her. So like there's something I think that there's I think there's more to it than him just putting himself back in his same position because it seems like he could have avoided being taken out of it. It feels like maybe there's not even like a, an element of like at the end of time he's gone crazy and he's like apathetic or just indifferent or wants to embrace the chaos or I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, part of me also wonders if there's like a, a it's kind of like what you were just saying. There's a bit of like an unreliable, like we were given lore and history mm -hmm. and I wonder how much of that is actually reliable information. Right. Uh, which maybe that's giving the writers too much credit. I don't know, but I would hope um, not. Cause I mean, it would play into the fact that we saw him be a con man this episode, you know, like, so why, why, right. why are we trusting he who remains, which is kind of the central, not the central, I mean, maybe, but like question of the show between the two Lokis, like Sylvie thinks he's full of crap and Loki is willing to trust him. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but like I previous to this was like, yeah, I think he is telling the truth, but now I'm like, well, maybe he wasn't, you know? Right. So, <clears throat> right. But another not like sort of segueing, not really um, something we've talked about in the earlier episodes with OB, uh, you know, speaking of the circle, which is what I was, the point I was uh, steering towards a second ago is that like, 
you know, some of these things don't add up. He literally wrote the book on the TVA, you know, all the things we've discussed before. His memory hasn't been wiped. He's seemingly very, very knowledgeable, seemingly secluded on purpose. Like what's going on? Why would Kang allow someone in his empire to be those things? You know, why wouldn't he say I wrote the book on the TVA? Um, Mm. And why send that book to Victor Timely and not like a journal you wrote that you wrote being like, Hey, I'm you from the future. This is what you need to do. Instead, he sends that book. So it's again, making me think that OB is the real he who remains for lack of a better title. Like, I'm not saying he's Mm. Kang. I'm not saying, you know, he's necessarily super evil or anything, but like he's the true architect of the TVA. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, cause like, I don't know. It's just some of those things didn't add up to me. Like, cause if you're gonna, if you're, if you're going to try to like recreate he who remains, I don't feel like you send that book. I feel like you send the handwritten journal book, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I don't have much to add without just being like saying what you just said. I just think everything you're saying is on point. I mean, there's too many, there's too many questions as to why it doesn't make sense how Obi has been established in the story versus what we know Kang's aspirations to seem to be. Yeah. Um, It would be very interesting if Obi is he who remains and Kang sort of like supplanted his role, like claimed that title in some way. Um, I really like the fact that we have seen two Kangs so far, the one that's he who remains and then the con man. Um, I feel like that has to be intentional. Um, so I guess unless in this episode we find a new Kang who's like very sweet and endearing, <laughs> but you know, which it could be, even though he was a con man, you know, it could be that this Victor timely is just like a sweetheart, you know, essentially. I mean, he's just a little kid making candles before this book showed up at his door. Um, so I don't know. I kind of hope whether it's in Loki or in another property, I do kind of hope we get to see like, and there are some good, like heroic Kangs in the comics. So it'd be interesting to see some of them. Um, but I did like, or one other thing really quick, kind of dating back to the Rin Slayer and the, the King and Queen and the partnership and maybe why she's upset. That I forgot to mention is I re- thought uh, a line was pretty pronounced and telling in the earlier episode, right after he, Victor Timely gives the demonstration and he's like getting the offers from the people and he like yells, I don't have partners, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, he doesn't. So like Rensselaer, are you listening? Um, but anyway, I liked that. Um, going back to the Victor timely thing, I really liked the kind of like full circle moment for Sylvie. Who's been on this like war path to kill people kind of realized that like, just like her life, was stripped from her for future mm-hmm. crimes that she'd never done. She was about to murder this man for the very same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't like explicitly said, but to me, I felt like that was clearly like the emotion going on for her. Yeah. I thought it was pretty heavily. Yeah. I, for sure. hundred percent. I mean, she's basically in the role of what the TVA did to her. Right. Yeah. The, the irony though, and I think, I think maybe it's even what you were just saying was um, the irony is that even though she did, the sort of like change of heart, like did what she thought was right in the moment. The irony is that it may prove to be that she really should have killed him right there. Like if this guy turns out to be a really awful person, um, then she's made a huge mistake. And so 
Yeah. You know, and so then if you tie that then to the analogy of the TVA, it it it's like the greater good. It's the TVA is brutal and has done some pretty horrible things, but maybe maybe what they have done has does have like a a strand of like this is right and this is good. Um then again in episode one they did talk about like, you know, vaporizing trillions of people. So <laughs> maybe not, but <laughs> Yeah. Which seemingly didn't even help. Right. You know, because we got right. the whole scene where like stuff's still going down with OB and the temporal loom. Um but yeah, totally. I'm uh I'm inter- I'm I don't I'm interested to see what happens with that dynamic between the two Lokis as it were. Cause it seems like she kind of, not that she's like fully on board, but she kind of leaned a little bit towards Loki with that decision. Um, and I can't imagine that that's the end of that dichotomy. Like, I feel like it's going to get re expressed based on, you know, Victor timely does, which clearly, even if he's not evil, like stuff's going to happen because he lived, you know? So like, is that going to re inflame kind of the Loki Sylvie, butting heads um what's interesting well, go ahead because i'm kind of no, i'm so am i i, I was just going to say what's really interesting is what we talked about in episode one it it feels like so in the finale we thought oh the tva also has all of these branch timelines mm-hmm. when episode one it was like oh no there's it's a singular timeline or it seemed to be yeah so all that to say doesn't it kind of implied that the future Loki saw is, is immutable. Like it's un, like there's going to be a moment where everything's falling apart and he's going to be in front of that elevator and he's going to see Sylvie. Like it's, it's interesting what they're doing to try to stop the TVA from like self-destructing, but this is where, this is where it gets like kind of a mind. It's so like mind warping is like everything else has like these branching pathways, but the TVA seems like a singular thread so like they're trying to stop this thing from happening that it it is going to happen. I don't know. It's very, <laughs> it's very interesting. No, yeah, you're right. It is really interesting that the TVA is devoid of, is immutable, like you said. And so I think that certainly is going to happen. It kind of has to happen to close the loop on Loki getting pruned, you know? Um, but yeah, I, <clears throat> I guess I think that maybe ultimately the TVA does implode but i do think that just because in that future like everything was hitting the fan doesn't mean that it still couldn't be brought back from that point right you know like maybe they can still fix it um but you know ouroboros the circle the time is Mm -hmm. a you know weird soup it probably i feel like it there will be like some reset kind of thing moment um which we thought season one was that reset but it didn't quite reach there yet well, and I, I still kind of wonder if this is like a matrix thing where, you know, the matrix is created. Sorry if spoilers, I guess um, <laughs> the matrix is created. Eventually there's the anomaly, the one Neo, whatever form that's in the matrix basically eventually self-destructs, you know, humans rise up, whatever. And they, they restart, they restart and yeah. the matrix is great and on and on it goes. So we know there's a, a version of the TVA in the past where Kang was, you know, out in the open, the authority figure. It has this, not only is it immutable that this implosion of the TVA is supposed to happen, has it already happened? 
Mm-hmm. And like every thousand years or whatever, it eventually leads to its own destruction and it's rebuilt and recreated or Which, I don't know. If that is the case, going back to something you said earlier, that could be why Kang couldn't just put Loki and Sylvie in a vat of acid. Like maybe things had to happen this way because ultimately the TVA was going to have to restart and like these are the pieces that need to be in place for him right. to and, return. And maybe that's why Obi has to be around. Maybe, you know, maybe Kang is lazy and he's like, I don't <laughs> want to rebuild all this. Obi knows how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's have Obi do it. So I just, I think about that because of Ouroboros, you know, the snake eating its own tail. It's infinite. Yeah. No beginning, so no end. Like, right. He's the constant maybe. Right. Right. Um, but there's why is he lighthouse. the constant and how, how is he? What is it? There's yeah. always a lighthouse. There's always a, there's always a lighthouse. There's always a city. There's always yeah. a man. See, that game was so, I don't know if it's good. in that order, but those are the three things. Yeah. Wait, that, were you the that one were... that you liked it, right? Is it, is it Nate, Nate that Nate doesn't like, like it? it. Yeah, that's why Nate never got asked back on the show again. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't he didn't like Bioshock Infinite. Such a good uh, game. The finale, finale of that game. So good. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Anywho. Uh all right, where what direction did you want to go? Because I think you said you were about to go off. Um I we kind of it was kind of the same thing. <clears throat> um I was just the only other thing I that we didn't touch on yet was that you know, one of the things we're talking about in episode one is like where exactly Loki was traveling to in episode one when he was popping through time. Like, um, you know, as far as like, could it have been the past when it was presented as the future or the other way around type of thing. Um, in episode one, when he teleports to the elevator with Sylvie and gets pruned, it felt like that was sooner rather than later in the timeline because it because in the in the present the temporal loom was going crazy and they were desperately looking for a way to handle it and so like when loki then teleports to the future and everything's going crazy it feels like it's that same moment not that it's like three seconds later but like it feels like very attached to that same moment but now in episode two and episode three we kind of saw that that wasn't like an immediate thing like there's clearly some time for OB to try to figure out how to deal with this. Um, anyway, there's not like a big point or anything to this, but it just made me think about like that moment with the elevator could be like way later than we think. Um, but I still do think it's obviously related to the same issue as far as the poor loom. Excuse me guys. I didn't come through. So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we were joking about like the mystery on the show. There, there's a lot of mystery around that for sure. Um, Which, I, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just uh, gonna say. <laughs> I was just gonna say that speaking to all of these things we've just been talking about, and like the the dichotomy between Loki and Sylvie, she's come to the TVA for some reason. Which in episode one, when we saw that, we hadn't kind of seen her come around at all. But now we've seen her kind of had this moment of empathy with Victor Timely. Um, so now what has caused her to now be breaking into the TVA, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the phone call I mentioned, <clears throat> interesting phone call that um, lured Loki to that spot as well. Yeah, which this is something I didn't. I didn't think about, but that has to be something, right? Like that. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, <clears throat> but another thing I didn't think about is that in episode one, when we originally saw that we hadn't 
Loki and Sylvie hadn't met up again yet. Right. Um, so like the, I finally found you was like, Oh, this is, that's going to be the first time they see each other since the events of the finale. But now in episode two and episode three, they've seen each other both times. So like her saying that makes it is an implied like time amount. I mean, maybe it's not. Yeah. She's like, I saw you yesterday, but I finally found you again. You know, yeah. so like that makes it no, seem like, you're right. you know, like how much time has passed. Right. Right. The other thing that's a little interesting for me is like, Obi keeps saying like, we're all going to die. And I'm like, what does death even look like in TVA world? Cause like people don't age, you know, Mobius has been around for, unless it's a, unless that was a different Mobius, like a variant, they could just keep replacing with new variants. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, um, I would have, cause yeah, I would have agreed with you, but like what you just said about how Kang has been decomposing, um, Maybe they do age, but there's something with variance and memory wiping that makes them think yeah. they don't. Because also Cause, when you get disintegrated, you just go to the void. But you yeah. can you can die in the void. I don't know. The whole thing's very <laughs> it's very interesting. Which we know that the, their memories have been wiped. Like we, that's a fact. What are they? How are they? And there was the line in season one where Mobius is like, time is weird here. I don't know how long I've been here. So that could like those kind of play together. But like, surely there must be beyond memory wiping some sort of memory insertion or like mm -hmm. something to make them not just be like, what the heck? You know, I feel like beyond maybe just time's weird here. I mean, maybe it's just like men in black, you know, where they they wipe them and they literally just say, like, this is what's happening here. Yeah. And the person, you know, they're just like, OK, yeah, that that is what's happening here. Yeah. So. Which would, if the Miss Minutes thing I was talking about earlier ends up being tree, would line up as well. That yeah, she's not an AI, but that's just what her memory wipe was filled in with. Right. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of lot of interesting things to yeah. chew on, but only yeah, only three episodes left. Yeah, you guys will have to let us know what you guys are thinking and some of y'all's comments and theories as well. Um, what uh, what else from you, Will? I think I tap myself out on everything I was thinking about. Let me just quickly run through my little bullet points I made. I think we've talked about them all though, but real quick. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, the, um, I didn't mention this is not like a, it's just a little tidbit. Um, but the TVA book, very reminiscent of back to the future and Biff and the sports almanac. So I feel like that yes. maybe was like an intentional kind of like Easter, not Easter, yeah. but like illusion. Or yeah. Homage. <clears throat> yeah. There's, it would be not to throw out a content idea of something we won't do. Um, <laughs> it, it would be interesting to kind of really do a video on all like those very subtle, like, Hey, it could be inspiration from this. Um, yeah. But yeah because it seems like there has been a lot of those things, but anyhow. Um, okay. I think that's what we got for you guys today. So the next episode drops tomorrow, technically tonight, but tomorrow um, we got critical role. Uh, we've, I think you watched all of episode 75 or 76. Mm. Um, I've watched it too. So we got that to discuss for campaign three of critical role, the Wembley show worlds freaking beyond number. Um, I'm going to probably listen to that today. I'm excited. Yeah, and then the uh, watch party on Sunday. What are we doing on Sunday? 
What I are think, we watching? I think um, the DM roundtable, which is that's right. It's not really yeah. like a calamity wrap up, but it kind of is. So we just mm-hmm. figured we'd slot that in as something easy, and then um, right. yeah, I want to get like a poll or just a discussion going on, like maybe what one shot yeah. people want to watch next. Yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. Well, I think that's it from a squad. Thank you for watching and listening and we'll see you soon. Bye y'all.